Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley. Let's see if I know how to do this still. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am the ringleader of this, the formerly of the Hot Take Hotboxer. I guess it still is. I, I But, I, you know, you got to clock in every once in a while for this thing to still mean anything. To all, to all four to five of my fans out there, I know you're out there listening to this. I appreciate you and I thank you, every single one of you. I love doing this. Haven't had the time in uh, I guess months um just you know not really honestly the passion for it either uh just then frankly what it comes down to I didn't have much to say and uh uh long story short I have something to say now so now I'm here and I'm here to impart some wisdom or whatever I whatever I can to everyone out there today is July 31st 2019 it is the MLB trade deadline baseball's trade deadline that happens every year is a hard deadline this year uh as opposed to past years you would be able to <clears throat> uh, acquire guys in august via the uh the waiver uh, they, they would go on waivers and you'd be able to uh you know make basically make trades after the august de- or after the july deadline but they got rid of that they want everyone making moves now in july and uh, we could, I guess we could sit here and talk, you know, I could sit here and lecture and no one really cares, though, about talking about how the, you know, how the deadline works and how there's now this something like this has happened and now they can't make moves in August. Now a lot of teams are going to be unwilling to part with some of their players. They're going to think that they're still in the race. I mean, just last night there was a trade, you know, Trevor Bauer to the Cincinnati Reds and the Cincinnati Reds, not this year, are, are not going to the playoffs this year. And there's a good chance they don't go to the playoffs next year. So, you know, and even with the uh, Mets getting Stroman, that didn't make any sense either for a team that, I mean, what are they, six games out? Uh, The Phillies are are a game out right now. I'm going to check that for sure. But, uh, you know, when I was checking it out last night, they were still still a game out. Um, I know the Brewers and stuff are playing, and I know that doesn't really have – you know, much bearing, but I, I do want to, you know, for, for being right's sake, I would like to, I would like to know exact, exactly where we stand right here. We are technically in the wild card. We are the leader. Um, Brewers are a game back and we are tied with the Cubs for the second wild card spot. So we're in good shape. And that leads you to, to ask, I mean, this team right now, we won last night four to two. Phillies came out, beat the Giants, blah, blah, blah. They played like garbage this weekend against the Braves. I was there for Friday and Saturday, of course, the two games that they got hosed and absolutely railroaded by uh, themselves. A total lack of just effort, care, and anything. Just emotion. It didn't seem to me like anyone cared. Not even the it, once once you realize that the players don't care why why should I why should I care up in the four hundred section? And one day I was down and I was down in right field. I had great or left field. I had great seats, and that game was over by the third inning, fourth inning, and the game I was at on Saturday when Eflin pitched, the game was over by the second inning. Could have gone home. You know, as soon he was that guy was pitching, he was cruising through the first inning, even cruising through halfway through the second inning, and then it just like he hit a he hit a wall. And it blew up right in his face. Now he's in the bullpen. We got the Phillies right now have a rotation. I'm going to be running through. I have so much to say. Okay, so try to stay with me. I'm just going to keep reeling it out as quickly and as much as I can. And I guess then we can just pick up the pieces afterwards. We got right now in our rotation, we have Aaron Nola, Drew Smiley, who pitched a great game last night, and I will not use that sarcastic tone when I say his name anymore, but a couple more, you know, Drew Smiley's will come out. We got Jason Vargas. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, where do you begin, you know? I Like, I, I don't want to shit on the guy before he does anything, but who cares, you know? Who cares? It's just another guy. Drew Smiley has pitched well. I just, for me, you get all these trash heap guys 
there's no way that these guys all come together and form this supernova of a rotation and we, you know, start cruising into a play, you know, into an easy playoff spot. Uh, Arietta, I guess, is still a part of the rotation, you know, but he's, whenever things go bad, it's just going to be the bone spurs. So he'll, he'll at most give you five innings. So Friday night was, you know, he, he didn't really, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great either. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you haven't really gotten greatness out of Jake in, in quite some time, probably since the early months of the season, April, May, um, other than that, you haven't really seen anything. So I didn't even get through the rotation. Still got Vinny V in there, Vinny Velo, um, who is another guy who will only give you five innings, max, no more, maybe less. Uh, and that's that's where that's where we stand. Pavetta's been Pavetta's in the bullpen. He didn't have a great night last night, but I you know I like the switch. I, I'm curious to see what Eflin does. I saw Gabe talking after the game last night saying um, that he was going to use Eflin as a uh, you know, a little bit of a buffer for guys like Velasquez and uh, slip my line, Arietta, Arietta. Um, you know, as like a buffer, he's going to come out of the pen and be the, like the long relief, you know, innings eater sort of role that is, you know, commonly used in baseball. But not when your rotation, I guess, is in such bad. But listen, hey, you know, whatever. All that said, I just don't know how long these band-aids, stopgap sort of acquisitions, you know, how how long, how far does this take us? Does this does this get you through August, September, and into October? Uh, I don't believe it, but I and I don't I don't see how the, I I mean I this is my pers- personal opinion. I guess it could happen. They won't beat anyone in the playoffs with a team like that. The, the lineup would have to, I guess, you know, guys like Harper would have to start tearing the cover off the ball. The They don't really have, like, huge, huge holes in their lineup. They could obviously use more production from Franco and one of the outfield spots not named uh, well, not named Harper or Kingery because I guess Kingery is basically your center fielder at this point, even though he goes wherever they need him to. You still, you still got Hernandez. You know, Cesar is going to be here, obviously, at least till the end of the year. I think after the year they'll get rid of him and they'll move Kingery into his natural position. But, <clears throat> sorry. But, uh, I mean, at left field, I guess Jay Bruce, Jay Bruce wasn't supposed to be that guy. Was, McCutcheon was, you know, going to be the guy. The, the, I mean, I think the team would be fine if we had McCutcheon, lineup-wise. I think losing him was way, way more detrimental than maybe we even thought. I mean, we knew it was a big, it was a big blow, but losing him, uh, the offense still is reeling and still hasn't recovered since then. I don't think we've been the same team. I mean, let alone leadership and uh, you know just experience and all you know all the things that he brings to the clubhouse. Just the 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 consistency on the field that you would always get from him, that he always fielded this position well, <clears throat> and he he always just, you know, made the pit, like, it just seemed like we were, our lineup was just fuller, if that if that even makes sense, like, it, it just, it, it it seemed like it, it had more of a, like, a chemistry to it, like a, like a flow, like, McCutcheon would get it, get us started off right, whether it was a home run or he, you know, you, he always made made the pitcher, you know, throw pitches. He saw pitches, and he would make that. He make no man. It was just it was just a huge difference maker. But he's not obviously not here, and they haven't they haven't replaced him at all. Not even I mean they're not going to, but they haven't even come close to replacing his bat. Uh, they've you know they've mixed in guys like Roman Quinn. Roman Quinn's been terrible, you know, it, terrible at, at the plate, but he's. Uh, you know, I mean, he does his thing. He does his thing with the glove, and he, you know, he he obviously can run. That, that this is that's his thing. He steals ba- bags and shit like that. But he hasn't done much of anything this year for us. Um, I'm not even, gonna, you know, I I I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to go out there and say names or 
I don't know, like he's like who I don't want the Phillies to see because this is the this is the problem I'm having. I I want them to I want to scream at the team to say go out and get somebody, which I have been. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Matt McSweeney, for I don't know if you're not you know hell if you're listening to this and you don't follow me on Twitter, God bless you and I love you. Okay, but and I love you too if you follow me on Twitter because you that's tough for you, but um. Man, that's a quick. I forgot where I was. Um, that's why I need somebody here, man. Somebody here to bounce that back off me. Somebody to just tell me what the fuck I was just talking about. Um, but it obviously wasn't that important. Phillies. Oh no, no that's what, there you go. Just guy just came back to me that quick. Um, genius right here. Phils. I don't want them to clear their minor league system out and go out and get. I don't know, say Granky as an example, or it was going to be Bauer, but, uh, you know, he's obviously not on the table. But I, maybe he is. Maybe the Reds still trade him by tomorrow. Uh, that's very, that's a very big possibility because I don't, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me why the Reds would want him. Why they would hold on to him. Um, I, I mean, excuse me, I, I guess, uh, they want, they want to, remodel their team, change the rotation. They they have Castillo, they have Sonny Gray. They have a pretty good rotation. But they're not winning anything this year or 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 honestly next year. Their lineup is trash. They don't really have depth or anything. Well, I having Trevor Bauer for this year, at, you know, and then he goes to arbitration this year. And then you have to let him walk next year or maybe trade him at the deadline next year. Maybe that's the thought. It just like getting something for Puig that of value that you could maybe maybe flip in flip into something else. Maybe that's the thought process behind it, but personally, I don't understand it. But with but back to the fills. Where where do you what do you do? Where do you go? What's the what's the right move? Because guys like, obviously, Alec Baum, for me, not happening. Under I don't care what it is. I don't care who you come to the table with. Um, unless his name's Bellinger or Yelich or something like that. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm just not. I'm not giving him up. I want to see. I want to see what he's got. Uh, he's got, and that, and honestly, in a, in a position of need. Third base, Franco hasn't, hasn't held up his end of the bargain. He's been given multiple opportunities. Uh, he's serviceable. I'll say that his glove is serviceable, but his bat is way too streaky. And uh, I mean, when it's hot, it's hot, and it can carry the team for a, a week or so. But it, it doesn't it honestly doesn't go much longer than that. After that, you start getting the strikeouts and the you know the pop ups, and he hits the ball hard. But when he's bad, it's it's just the con- his head his head starts flying out, and he starts. And he and then he and his feeling his fielding doesn't you know it doesn't it it, it goes down with the batting it seems like and uh, I don't have numbers to back that up but it is just it just seems his his whole mentality it just go it goes down when when he's not hitting at the plate and when he's hitting he's doing everything for the team he's the team's best player honestly um but uh, I've heard some Spencer Howard uh. That he could come up, he could. He's so close to being uh, major league ready that he could be up by September. He could be a September call for the team. And Medina, Adonis Medina. Um, that's an. I'm not totally, you know, against trading him. I know he's he's got he. I I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a huge prospect guy, but these are the names that I always hear just thrown around. Part I would like I would like to find a team that needs major league ready outfielders, or, or you know a major league ready outfielder, and try to try to just get something for Nick Williams, or or package him in a deal with maybe you know another minor leaguer that's not our best minor leaguer in the system, and get maybe a a guy of Tanner Rourke or. I don't know, Mike Mine. I don't know how much what what the you see. I don't know what these guys are going for, but I would like to get a not 
top tier, not bottom tier, but somewhere in the middle. And we, we need that second or third starter. We technically need a second starter because we need someone with Nola. To like, Nola is our only pitcher right now that has thrown with any sort of consistency. And he was even bad during the during the beginning of the year. Everyone was starting to wonder, well, what's going on here? Is this in the with mid? Do we night Nola too quick? Is this is this the same guy? He is. That dude's a beast, and he will continue to show it until uh, until the end of the year. He needs a running mate. He needs another starter, especially if we plan on going to the playoffs. We if we plan on going to the playoffs. Then that that rotation that I just named for you, that Nola, Velasquez, Smiley, Vargas, and Arietta is not going to do it. That ain't going to do it. So I would ask you, what what would, what's the point then? Just sell if that's what you want to do. Going to the playoffs and get getting a uh, you know getting a, a basically a participation trophy. Uh, a bus token and saying thank you for your thank you for your uh, service thank you for your appearance, but uh, you're no longer needed, and we get booted out of the playoffs in three games because Jason Vargas or Drew Smiley got blown up, or you know, or in game one when you know maybe Nola, Nola and the the ace that we're playing, hell, I'm talking even too far. We would have to win a wild card game, so Nola would probably throw in a wild card game. Who the hell knows after that? And then our our the rest of the rotation would be so garbage that they would just get run through in the first round. Is that a situation that we want? I guess I guess it's better. It beats a stick in the eye. But I think I think I personally think we can do better. I think we can find something. I think we can find a situation that's beneficial for all parties involved. Our trade partner and us. We got. I don't know what time this will come out, but if you're the the trade deadline is under twenty four hours away, and Clintech has not made a move of consequence at all. He's picked up guys like Blake Parker and some guy Morin that I I think he's from the tw- I don't even know, dude. I don't know. Was he from the Twins? He might have been. I think Parker's from the Twins. Um, I'm tar- I'm having trouble keeping up with all these guys. What are we? What, what were we? Are the are those guys even? Like, it's so frustrating, man. Clintac could have finished this. He could have solved the situation long long ago in the off season. He had plenty of opportunities to go get pitchers. He had plenty of opportunities at last year's deadline. He could have had Cole Hamels. Which we all wanted, and the Cubs got for virtually nothing. We could have had him. We didn't want him. We finally got some lefty starters, but you know they barely throw above ninety-one. Like I said, I would be jumping around. I had, I had, I'm a lot higher on the Phillies than I have been in recent days. During that Brave series, I was ready to sell the team and start rooting for the Expos. I had had enough. The problem I always have with my sports teams, obviously a big sports guy, but the problem I will always have is when the team just comes out and they just don't, you know, don't care. So what? Result, it's going to happen either way, you know. We're here, we're getting paid, who cares? That's what it seemed like to me uh, Friday and Saturday, more so Saturday, it seemed like. And and I that I can never understand when you got your ass beat the night before by your rival, the team you're trying to catch in the, catch in the division. They dribbled you, and then you come back the next night and you get your ass beat worse than you did the night before. It's disgraceful. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is no leadership in the locker room. Whether that comes from Gabe or he... I hear him whenever... Uh, I count a lot on the... Uh, I count a lot on the veteran leadership in the locker room. These guys. Guys like Reese. 
You know, he starts naming all of them. He goes through the whole thing. There, there, I don't think there's no accountability. Obviously. I mean, we could go through the whole thing. Guys not running out pitches. Whatever. We're running out, you know, fly balls and Franco and Segura and all that. But it it just seems to me like a lack of a lack of like effort on a you know on game in and game out basis. The consistency is never there, and it hasn't been there from the beginning of the season. We can't string we we haven't been able to string games together for a while. I mean, we win two. Hell, if we win this next game, it's the Giants and we're at three. We're gonna be freaking out. We're gonna love it. But right now, I mean, we're we're battling tooth and nail to try and win any game we can, and we're lucky that this wild card is so bad, that the that the NL is actually so wide open that we are even in this situation. I mean, we're fifty six and fifty. I don't know how that is. I don't know how we got there. Unreal. We started off so good, I guess, and then we just yeah we went like boom, and then bang, and then I guess this is us trying to get our feet back underneath us. But it only seems like we beat bad teams or teams that rated our caliber. We can't beat the, I mean, I guess that seems stupid to say, but in order to be amongst those teams, you have to beat some of them every once in a while. Dodger series, we, we split. That's probably the most impressive thing we've done in a long time. Since what? Since probably Milwaukee in like May or June, if I my memory serves me correct. Baseball season is very long. But it, but with all that said, you're still right there. It's right there for the taking. I mean, you might not catch the Braves, which, I mean, you, you who knows? There's a lot of baseball left to be played for them too. And I and I'll say from my personal opinion, I doubt we catch the Braves. I don't think we're good enough, and I just think the Braves are better. They're just all around a better team. But that doesn't mean we can, I mean, we just, you know, fold it up. Get Vargas and Smiley and say, well, if it works, it works. You put us in the situation, Matthew. All right, Mr. Klentek. I feel like I can call you Matthew because we share the same name. You got to help us out, man. Bryce said. You gotta help us. We're in this thing. We just need a, a little bit of a push. That's something you can provide. But I, I don't. I don't know what that is. As a, I don't see a guy like Bumgartner. I mean, maybe you go after a bat, a third base, maybe at a corner outfield. But I just something has to be done. You can't sit on your hands, and you can't just you can't just think that these these band aids on the bolt on the bullet wounds are, are gonna do it. We're bleeding out, right? Well, I I won't even say we're bleeding out. We're more like you know, we were bleeding out for a while, but then like we started to like, you know, we're starting to figure out, and we're like crawling back to the uh, you know to the hospital. I guess in that fucked up analogy. Who knows, you know? Who knows? I we we should, we'll, I I guess who knows? We'll know in less than 24 hours. But I just I just hope that it's not I hope when we play the Giants tomorrow night that it's not we have no opted like no trade deadline optimism and it's just all right, this is the squad we got and we got to go forward. I mean, I didn't even talk about the bullpen. I mentioned the starters that are going to the bullpen, but you got Neris. That's it. And he's not even as consistent, I guess, as you would like him to be, but he's consistent enough for my liking. When when we bring him into the game to close, he does his job more often than he doesn't. You got guys like Robertson, who who just never played, okay? So he came out, walked like, you know, the bases loaded or whatever, and then we never saw him again. Uh, Nishak, probably never going to see him or not going to see him this season. And Tommy Hunter, all three of those guys. 
Not going to see them again this season. So, bullpen, I guess you have made right or have improved by putting your shot-out starters in there and hoping that, I mean, I think Eflin and Pavetta both have, you know, good stuff, I guess you could say. They had potential, and I guess that as a starters, and that hasn't worked out. But they have great stuff as pitchers. And Pavetta comes into the game, not last night, but what was it, the sun, Sunday game. He came in, pitched the eighth, I believe, and he had electric stuff. He's throwing 97, 98, and he's got that change over the car. Dude, it looked good. But then you come in the night, it didn't work. All right, his stuff, his stuff wasn't working. It is what it is. Got Eflin. We don't know what he looks like in, sh- you know, Vinny V was moved to the bullpen. He d- didn't, he didn't wrap his head around it. He wasn't able to, I guess, you know, grasp what the mentality is or what it's like to be, you know, coming out of the bullpen. Or he just didn't like it and said, fuck it, I'm not doing it. And didn't embrace it. Pavetta, it seems that he's trying to, I think this is his second time around in the bullpen, he's trying to embrace it more this time. And I think they should give him more time in there. I think he does have electric stuff that, you know, we have been lacking from dudes coming out of the bullpen. Uh, and like I said, I, I didn't finish, but Eflin, you know, I, I'm curious to see. I, I think I, I always believed in Eflin. And he just continually proved me wrong. I always thought that he could be like that second guy next to Nola. You know, Ariad is not him. So we need, we just need that second guy. I always thought it could be Eflin this year. And he's shown me a little bit, but then he, he just blew. His head is so bad. And it's obviously not going to be him. Uh, unless something unforeseen happens, like, He's, you know, injuries that he's forced back into the uh, rotation or or we keep doing musical chairs and another guy blows up and we throw him back in there. But uh, as the fill, uh, as it you know pertains to the fills, uh, I guess that's basically all I would have to say about that. I, I need to see the Phillies win, cons- two win, one win consistently and two beat good teams, teams that are above us in the playoff race. Like, win series against them, and then I'll really start to believe. Right now, I just believe that this team this team is, you know, could play in the wild card game. I don't know if they'll win it, but they could play in it. And I guess if you count that as the playoffs, yeah, okay. But you play all, you play all 162 games, and you go and play one game and lose it. I don't think you made the playoffs. You win that game. You made the playoffs. But we'll see. Uh, that, yeah, I wanted to talk about that Reds and Pirates fight real quick, though. That that was crazy. I'm, all respect to Amir Garrett for taking on the entire Pirates team by himself. Going in there. He's lucky that that left hand didn't land. He was going for blood with that thing. And I like how he just pointed. He pointed out the guys that he was going to hit. Like, they must have been talking from the dugout. And just respect for it. Like, he didn't he didn't wait for any of his guys. He didn't fake it. He wasn't any of those fake baseball fights. Like, Puig kept, like, walking up to guys and, like, doing that. Like, yo, what, what are you going to do? Like, like, dude, you're right in my face. Like, and, and no one's even, like, threatening to hit each other. So, you know. I mean, you're at work, dude. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't fucking knocking me out at work. Not when, I'm, not when we're getting paid millions of dollars. At. I don't know, but Amir Garrett had obviously a different a different idea. He he sprinted off the mound. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. Um, if you if you saw this before, you you saw the Amir Garrett thing. You crazy. But all respect to him. He's so like I said, he's so lucky that that punched in land. Puig, while that's going on, gets traded to the Indians. For Fur Bauer and the Bauer deal and a three-team deal, which, yeah, let let the baseball guys explain that to you because I don't I I don't know. You tell me who won that trade. I mean, shit. 
seem to me like a bunch of bad teams. I mean, maybe the Indians. You know, Indians are a good team, but they just traded one of their best pitchers. They not that they're just gonna go down the two because they traded Trevor Bauer, but and uh, maybe that's good. Maybe it's good to get the uh, get that that psychopath out of your locker room after he gunned the ball in the center field. But who am I to say? That's Cleveland's problem, not mine. Uh, so that's probably all I got Phillies wise. Uh, I did want to talk, or you know, baseball wise, I did want to talk a little bit about the Sixers, or you know, Ben Simmons and his jump shot and the hysteria that surrounds the jump shot. Um, we got people that are clipping off these pickup games that are being played. I don't know where, and honestly, I don't care. But these pickup games that are that have Devin Booker and Wiggins and Trey Lyles and you know they got some NBA players in there, which it, it's pickup, dude. They're, they're, they're you know they're working out in the summer, that's great. I don't and people were I, the argument was always oh we want to see it against NBA talent. People were like, dude, do you know who's in the gym? It's Devin Booker and it's such a I'm like, you dude, it's that. Come on, that, that is such a stupid thing to say. Yeah, that's NBA talent, and I guess you are answering the guy's question. But no one cares if Ben Simmons... I don't think you should care if Ben Simmons is shooting a jumper in a pickup game in some in some high school gym somewhere. That doesn't matter. I, I understand it's encouraging, and it's better than nothing. It's better than him being scared at all to shoot the jumper, which he is in the NBA. And he wasn't anywhere else, it seems like. He's willing to shoot that thing in high schools, in college, and wherever. If you if you probably have a pickup game down the park, you throw that thing to Ben in the corner, he's jacking that thing up. But but once once he you know once you back once James Johnson backs off of him, no no. Or uh, we got who was covering him? Uh, who we got Pascal Siakam or whatever. He's like, hey, no no. This is a too high of a leverage situation. This pressure, too much for me. I'm going to pass it off. Or I'm going to come in, I'm going to drive in and shoot a contested hook shot over my over my right shoulder. It, it, it's for me it is just it's just so frustrating and I, this conversation's been had a million times. But I think it's a little different this year because I think the Sixers success depends on whether he is willing to take take reins of the offense and just let it all fall on his let the pressure fall on his shoulders like we are going to win or, win or lose based on if I if I have developed my offensive game now one thing I did see in those videos that I that I actually did like and I I thought was encouraging and actually did matter to me was the fact that he it seemed like he his his like post fadeaway. He he's he's more comfortable. It looked like even in those pickup games in that post, you could tell in the NBA he's not very comfortable when he's back. He's back in smaller guards now, which he should be. So he's six ten. He has guys that are six three, six four sometimes covering him. You got you got to be able to back them guys down, and you know, you turn turn your shoulder hit a post fade. You fade away right in their face. There's no one blocking your shot. It would be one of the most unstoppable moves in the NBA. But whether he just doesn't feel comfortable or he hasn't been willing to learn it, so far, that has just, for me, like crippled and just hindered his game. He He would be the MVP. He would be the best player in the league. He would be on Giannis level if he was just willing to shoot it. Giannis is willing to shoot it. He's not a great shooter. Giannis, by no stretch of the imagination, is a great shooter. You saw him working with Korver in, in you know in the off season. I saw you know videos of him or whatever. That can't hurt, right? You got one of the best shooters in the league trying to teach you the mechanics of it. But at least Giannis is willing to shoot it in NBA games, in in the playoffs when it matters. Ben has to be willing to do that. He has to be willing to just let let it fall on him and let let the let the jokes come out. I, I don't know what he's scared of. I don't know. I I always think like what what is what is what would 
be the reasoning for him not him not to shoot the jumper. Uh, okay, he doesn't think he'll make it. He's scared of what people will say. Uh, the team can. I've heard him say that there's better shots. The team can. You know, we can get better shots. We have so many guys on this team or whatever. Those are all bullshit excuses. He, him even, and I've said this a million times. I don't know about on this podcast, but just in general, his willingness to shoot that jumper, his just giving that the that defender the idea that I might pull this in your face. We'll just make that defender hesitate a little bit and give him that little second that it, even if he doesn't want, they throw it to him, bang, like he's out of the three, and he pumps, and that guy runs out. Boom. He shoots right in and throws down one of them crazy tomahawk. Boom. Dunks. Could easily happen, but it's not a threat. No one has to run out on him. You can stay in the paint and wait for him to come to you because he's going to come to you. If he wants to score the ball, he's not. He's not He's not going to shoot that. We've seen it. He ain't going to do it. We've all left him there. Crowd starts yelling, shoot, shoot, shoot. He ain't doing it. So uh, the whole, like, what the form looks like, what, none of that shit matters. It doesn't matter at all. I see video people breaking the shot down and, dude, what are you doing? Who cares? Is he shooting it? Yes. That one turnaround where he had the, uh, I, I think it came out yesterday, he had the Philly shorts on. That one looked crazy. Like that, that one, that's pretty impressive to just be able to on the fly, turn your body like that and just have the, have the, your weight underneath you and just to have the, just make it look normal. Like you don't. It, none of it was off balance. It looked natural for him to shoot that shot, and it just makes it's frustrating, and it just makes you wonder why don't you do this all the time? What has stopped you from? Or if you're that fearful, because that's for me, that's it has to be fear. That you're scared of what people will say. That you're scared that you will come up short. That you'll miss. That it'll be so bad. That it's, that there will be no point for you to shoot it. All of these reasons that I'm thinking of in my head are... they. It can't possibly be the reason why you wouldn't want to shoot. It's a fucking basketball game. It is not life or death. You shoot, you either miss, or you make it. That's it. It ends there. And then you go back on defense and you play defense. Ben Simmons sneaks in one jumper, one to two jumpers per game. Do you think his stats take that much of a hit? His shooting percentages, whatever, his player efficiency rating, whatever, these crazy numbers that all the basketball geeks want to throw out? No, I don't think so. And maybe they will, but in the grand scheme of things... Who cares? It does not matter. None of that shit matters. Your, your, your ability to just play like play without fear when the playoffs come around, and just go balls to the wall and say, "Listen, I've put in the work." I've done everything I possibly can to prepare myself for this moment, this situation, and I need to let it fly. That's all I want from Ben. I know he works hard. I know he puts in the work every day to be the best basketball player that he possibly can be. He just needs to go out on the on the NBA basketball court in the Wells Fargo Center and show me what he's done this summer. Because he's such a young player, he has so much, so much more room for growth. Uh, even as a point guard, that guy doesn't even know how to play point guard. He barely knows. He's a great passer, but that's just one part of playing. That's one part of playing point guard. He barely. I mean, the pick, pick and roll, he can't really run it because he doesn't have a jump shot. There's no reason for they don't have to, they don't have to play him. They don't have to hedge that hedge that screen at all. They can just leave. Let go ahead. 
Because if it's Embiid rolling the bucket, those two guys can just stick with him. Embiid rolls. Embiid's doubled on the roll. And then, you know, even if you do come out hard, Ben doesn't really have like that, I guess, the ball handling. His ball handling for me isn't really like, I think it could be better. I'm not saying that it's like trash, but like, I just know it could be better. That's the guy. Joel goes without saying. But I think the things that Ben can can get better at, are, it's a lot easier for Ben to improve than it would be for Joel. Joel will take like lifestyle changes, and just to change like the the way that he is. I guess like I, I don't I don't know like I don't know what Joel can do better other than to just refine his offensive game, be more efficient. Stop turning the ball over as much. But I think that that all would come. I think Ben becoming an, an enormous offensive threat. And just, I mean, obviously, I'm not even talking about Al Horford and any of the offseason additions. I, that goes without saying. I'll have plenty of different, you know, thoughts and opinions on that as the season gets closer. I don't want to go. That that's To me, that's old news. We've all talked about Al Horford. We know we know what that's going to be. I don't want I don't want to go down that road, but the, I want to talk about Joel and Ben because those are those are the two guys that, that that's who's going to lead us to the promised land. Those other guys are just filler. They they are they are they fill in the cracks when those two aren't playing well or when you know because it takes more than two guys to win a title. I mean I guess not this year, but but as you'll see, it will be more than two guys. I mean, you see the Lakers team. That team is deep. You go down their roster of Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Rajon Rondo, uh, uh, Javel. I mean, I, I think they still have Javel McGee, but I'm drawing a blank on the rest of them guys. But they they have a deep, deep, deep team. Same with the Clippers, returning a lot of those guys from last year. But ben, it, it's all about Ben and Joel. <clears throat> Especially Ben, though. Joel's going to do his thing. He always is. He's going to score the ball. He's going to be. He's going to be a menace on the defensive end. And obviously, there are you know, so a few things that he can change. But with Ben, all he needs to do is just be more. Just put himself out there. Be will be willing to just fall and die on your sword. Just die on that hill and say, "This is who I am." And you know, I mean, like I was thinking earlier today, like guys like Josh Smith and even Iguodala, Iguodala and and Josh Smith, like they're not great jump shooters, but they shoot it all the time. They still they still shoot it because even Rondo, Rondo was a terrible jump shooter when he came into the league, and he's still not great, but he still present he presents that threat. That, like, if you throw this to me in the corner, guy like Pat Bev. Speaking of the Clippers, Pat Bev. That guy wasn't a great jump shooter when he came in the league. He made himself. He made himself into that. And even, like I said with Rondo, Rondo's a better example of a worse case because Rondo really never even became a great jump shooter. But he still shoots it, he still puts it up. He still gets the defense thinking. It's a threat. It's a part of his game. And Ben needs to make that jumper a part of his game. And it doesn't even... And I think people are saying shooting threes. It does not have to be a three-pointer. All it has to be is that foul line extended. And that and as I mentioned, that post game. His post game has to. Uh, I I would even start there. Go post, and then we can. You know, we can find our foul line extended jumper. But they, they the Sixers and the NBA. This the NBA is as open as it has ever been. Probably since I've been, since I've been around. I mean, I was born in. 95 we got 
the Lakers, Lakers, Shaq, and Kobe dynasty. I'm talking about since I've basically been watching sports. I mean, 03, and then you had like the Spurs who kept going back and forth. I mean, there was never like there was never an a time in my life I would say that this many teams have really had a a legitimate chance to win a championship. I mean, they're going to obviously be favorites, as there always is. But there are a lot of teams that you think could, and people. I'm just so you got the you got the Sixers and all that, and you got you got the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, the usual suspects. But even teams out west like the Jazz, Nuggets. You know, I mean, hell, who said that the who thought you who thought the Raptors could win? It obviously took some unforeseen circumstances, but anything can happen. This league this year, with no Warriors, uh, even in no no Warriors that even resemble the Warriors that we've seen in the last couple of years, and we got no KD this year for the Nets. This is the Sixers' year. This is as good as an opportunity as they will get, maybe for the foreseeable future. The league's only going to continue to get stronger. So the Sixers have to capitalize. They have to give it their absolute best shot. Every player. It's going to take every ounce of every player. And it all, and I just truly, truly believe in my heart, man, that it all comes down to Ben Simmons. I just think. I just think that this team... This team can. This team. Sky is the limit for this team, I guess, to use a corny and, you know, corny whatever, but this team can go wherever they want if Ben Simmons is willing to take them there. If he's, if he's willing to take that, take that on himself and say, all right, fellas, we're going to. We're, I'm taking you guys here. Joel's going to always do his thing. He's always going to be dominant on both ends of the floor. But the guy needs a counterpart. He needs help. We thought, I mean, we thought Jimmy Butler was going to be that guy. I mean, for the most part, he was. But even then, it's just not, you know, like, I mean, it's not even two. You don't even need, like I said, you need more than two. But they, you just, Ben, Ben needs to hold his own. I'm done. I'm not going to go in. I keep saying the same shit over and over again, but it's just how I feel, man. We need the best Ben Simmons that we possibly can get this year. If we plan on doing anything. Oh, man. And nothing's changed, ladies and gentlemen. Remember to drink your water. Water is so important. Whew. Man, this is good. It's good to be back. Feels great. Feels natural. It's like riding a bike. Could sit here and talk. It's like talking to my shrink. He doesn't really say. He didn't say anything back. But he just listens to my sports rants all day long. And I love that. Um, let's see what else we got to get. I guess we could talk a little Eagles. I just wanted to talk about. I guess a few things. Uh, a few of the things that we're hearing from training camp. You know, training camp. Take it with a grain of sand. But. A couple of things that I guess that I'm looking at. Uh, you keep. Uh, everyone's saying how good Carson looks. He looks like he slimmed down. I guess last year he was, uh, I guess, a little, you know. Uh, I guess because people keep saying that he was a little, a little chunkier last year compared to, you know, the year prior. Which I'm sure most definitely has something to do with the fact that the guy had a torn ACL and wasn't able to do the same, you know, workout regimen and probably wasn't, you know, eating. Probably even if he was eating right, he wasn't able to burn off the, you know, the usual stuff that he always does. Look at me talking like a nutritionist. But they're saying that he looks incredible and that the, uh, that the connection between him and Deshaun 
I mean, all, all this, honestly, though, all this training camp is bullshit. I don't even know why I'm even bringing this up because I don't, it's another situation where I just, I don't really care. It's just training camp. You, you, I don't think anything's to be, you know, really figured out or learned from it. What I do like to hear and what I have heard from multiple people, and I, and I believe it, and I want to believe it, honestly, Miles Sanders is the real fucking deal. And that is a good thing for us. Because the birds need a guy like that. A, a, a guy who can be a bell cow that we can just give the ball to. Sorry about that. Give the ball to in every in any situation, first, second, or third down, and he can just go and do his thing. And he's not even – like it's, you don't have to, though. But he has that ability. He is just – he's a do-it-all running back. That's what I think Miles Sanders is. He can do whatever we need. And here I am talking about a guy. I just said training camp doesn't matter. I'm talking about him like he's the next Barry Sanders. But it's just good. It's These are good things to hear. It's better than nothing, right? As the Ben Simmons, as ben Simmons people would say, would you rather him not be taken? Because we would suck. All right. I'm getting delirious anyway, but... Look out for Miles Sanders. I think the defense. I, I think the Eagles. Uh, you know, I, I not that I don't think the Eagles win the Super Bowl every year, but I really think the Eagles are the bona fide favorite, especially in the NFC. Saint Saints are coming into camp in shambles. Michael Thomas doesn't want to. You know, he don't want to. He ain't showing up. They got we got the Rams with Gurley's arthritic knees. The Cowboys Zeke ain't showing up. Who who else? You know, in the NFC. Who else? The Bears? Nah, bro. Uh, a broken down version of our team last year beat you guys in your house. Because your kicker. Because your kicker forgot that you're supposed to go through the uprights, not off of them. Appreciate that again, Cody. Thank you, my brother. Checks in the mail. Um, That's it, though. That's all I got to say, and for another podcast, I will not mention the Philadelphia hockey team. You all have a great day. Hot Take Hot Box, Matt McSweeney, I'm back.